the scientist, he was grinding it and he realized there's this brilliant orange coloring in the ground seed. And now it's being used to make natural food coloring, avo color. Then you go back to like why our food system is so horrible because you can't have this national chain and still source local. We don't need national chains. For everything. Imagine that. A coffee shop has pressure from other coffee shops. Yeah, I mean, what? I would have loved to have been on the, you know, around this table. The guy's like, you know what? This coffee thing's not working out. <laughs> Let's I pivot. I think we should <laughs> pivot and start selling weed. $117 billion, billion. a year. <laughs> Because of laziness. <laughs> That's more than the whole farm bill. No, it's not, is it? The farm bill was $80 billion for five years. Yeah, and this is $117 billion each year. A year. Welcome back to Edible Economy. I'm Nate. And I'm Kim. And we are back. It's been a, it's, it seems like it's been a long time since we did our last show, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know it's only, you know, only been a few days or whatnot, but it just, it just feels like it's been a long time, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, last week we, we started out by, by doing some fun with words. Uh huh. Do you have any fun words you want to use? Do you want to, do you want to try a fun word this week? Um, Do you want to talk about the avuncular relationship that we have with some folks? No. <laughs> um, enigmatic? Enigmatic. Yes. Do you know that that is difficult to interpret or understand? Something maybe mysterious. It's very mysterious. Yeah, it's very enigmatic. You're enigmatic. Sometimes I am. You know, so... I was trying to Oftentimes, explain. Hard to understand. I was trying to explain to our son uh, what enigmatic means, and I said, "You know how sometimes I'll just be talking about something and just automatically assume that you know what I'm talking about, even though you were watching a television show and I interrupted you and didn't tell you what I was talking about, but just expected you to know." And he looked at me, and I was like, or, you know, and I could be talking about this and then talking about that. And he looked at me with this most perplexed look on his face, and I said, oh, instead of doing that, I'm being enigmatic right now, trying to explain to you what enigmatic was. And uh, he actually did. Did he get it. it? He did. He did. So it's fun listening to him use, you know, enigmatic or crepuscular or those words are they're they're really fun hearing them come out of his mouth what's been your favorite word uh so far we haven't been doing this long crepuscular you do like crepuscular i thought you thought it was gross no it sounds gross but um how do how do you say it in french again uh well well i mean with the remember i think it's just crepuscular well, yeah yeah crepuscular crepuscular yeah that's it's fun got to the say. c and then the you know. it's fun to say yeah mm-hmm. it is and do you so i actually talked to one of our doctor friends about it mm-hmm. and they thought it was just a f- fantastic word and they they brought up the word corpuscule or right. corpuscular that's disgusting but it's it's really not it's just like a, a mass of of well maybe it is kind of gross it's made up. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's made up of corpus- we don't even need to know corpuscules. What you're gonna say okay. 
<laughs> so enigmatic. Let's uh, let's make our show not enigmatic. You know, enigmatic sounds like <laughs> such a fun word. It sounds like you know you want to be enigmatic. I guess I guess if you're a high school girl, you want to be enigmatic. <laughs> Gosh. Well, I remember that, you know, when I was young, they were difficult to interpret or understand and mysterious. To you. Well, that was part of the game. To high school boys. Well, that's the game that they wanted to play. (laughs) You know? Mm -hmm. Don't get mad at the players, get mad at the game. Is that how that went? Don't hate the player, hate the game? Yes. Don't get mad at the players, sir. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, I think for the first time since we've been doing this show, I just blushed a little bit. <laughs> All right, enough of the enigmatic stuff. Let's move on. Do you, do you yes. want to? What do you want to talk about today, Kim? Some you want to talk about avocados? I do want to talk about avocados. You do, huh? That's the first thing I want to talk about. Okay. Because there's something cool going on with avocados. Right. Did you know that avocados are the second, is it the second most purchased item in a grocery store? Yes. Do you right know what? Behind bananas. Bananas. Is so, that nuts? Yes. So when you want to start your local grocery store out there, if you don't live. Just know the top yeah. two items aren't yeah. going to be local. <laughs> top two items. <laughs> Are coming from California and where do we Honduras, Mexico, South America. Where do most of our where does the bananas most of them come? Do you know the bananas? By the way, before we get into this, before we get into the avocados, there were hundreds of varieties of bananas in the world, and the ones that we eat, it's they're all the same. And people are well, what about plantain? When's the last time you ate a plantain banana? Don't bring that up again. So. All of the bananas. When I was out of the country. Yeah, when you Not were here. out of the country and they were growing in, you know, somebody's backyard in Jamaica. Right. Um, I don't even know if bananas grow in Jamaica. I don't either. <laughs> Surely they do. Yeah, it, it would seem accurate. Uh, I think they're a... Of course they do. I think they're an equatorial yeah. plant, aren't they? So anyways, what about bananas? Anyway, so there were... There were hundreds of varieties of bananas. And if you ranked them by flavor, the ones that we eat, the variety that we eat that is in every single store that sells bananas everywhere is, and there may, there may be more, there may be a thousand, but it's, it's down in like number 172 for taste and texture. So it must be number one in shipping. And transportability. Transportability. (laughs) So thank God that's that's the global food industry. It's true. Takes away some of the best, most tasty things that you will ever know. And then goes and bulldozes them and takes them away so they can never be grown again. Oh right. Because oh we don't want anybody to discover that there's a better banana. No, it doesn't matter. We would never get that better banana, just like we don't get pawpaws. Pawpaw. Because they can't be shipped. They cannot be shipped. You have to go to to where they're grown. No, I haven't. I mean, they're in the Jungle Book, you know. Yeah, sing the the song. The bear plays with them. Can't think of it right now. From the pawpaw tree? The bear necessities. The bear necessities of life. Yeah. Yeah. And so they also grow in Michigan. So I guess they grow in India. And then they grow in Michigan. They grow in Kentucky. I think they, I, I think they grow all along where it's you know where there's a lot of humidity and 
jungly. So it seems like more people should have eaten them then. I think they do. I think they they have some negative... Well, I mean, if they're in Kentucky, how have you not had one? Well, because they're in eastern Kentucky. And they won't even ship to western Kentucky, I don't think they huh? ship anywhere. I think, Interesting. I think within a day or two yeah, days, they like turn to... Yeah, they're harder to ship than peaches. Yeah. Yeah. Which, peaches out right now aren't that hard to ship, are they? I mean, it takes a lot of packaging to ship them so it's super wasteful well sure sure but anyway but they can be shipped bananas to pawpaws to avocados yes all right so you want to start this one out yeah so something cool about avocados is they are like a number one seller um they're so huge people eat them it makes the prices high coming out of mexico and they have this giant seed in the middle that is just a byproduct. Right. And so... Which, by the way, I just realized how to take those out of there in the most fun way possible. Yeah, the way everyone takes the them way out. And Nate just figured out. it out yeah. last night. So I... <laughs> and he was like, oh my gosh, I, I just Watch like slammed this. the knife into the seed and pulled it out. And no, 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 no. I, I like, slammed yeah. it and then turned it sideways and, turned it. and then and like, pulled Yeah, it that's how everyone does it. Yeah. Well, I'm glad I could teach everybody how to do that. How you've done it in the past. (laughs) But anyways. I usually just take a spoon and it goes, boonk. Oh, yeah. Thanks. Yeah. It's it's been a very enigmatic process for me. (laughs) (laughs) You need to cook more. So they're taking this byproduct, the seeds, and um, the scientist, he was grinding it to, for proteins, to figure out how to get some proteins out of the seed. And the, and he realized there's this brilliant orange coloring in the ground seed. And what was he doing it for? Why was he grinding them up? For proteins, to figure out. Oh, to figure out what he could do with the proteins, yes. right. Or if they could be usable or if they were protein enough. So anyways, high enough in protein. So there's... they are ground up and they're this beautiful bright orange coloring and now it's being used to make natural food coloring so avo color it's really cool too because you know i <laughs> i'm remembering gosh my second throwback to high school story in my head mm, right glory now. days today huh yeah talking about <laughs> glory days so um but when i was in high school i loved mountain dew uh. Uh-huh. And do you remember, you probably... What, that it's like bright yellow? Right, but so it has yellow number five in it. Do you oh. remember what they used to say about yellow number five? No. They said that it would shrink male genitalia if you drank too much yellow number five. Oh. And that was that was the common, you know, misconception, myth, whatever. You never heard that, huh? No. <laughs> I never I didn't drink pop. Yeah. And I probably didn't. Well, in care. your very small shelter, I don't think your parents would let that have come in to your ears. <laughs> right. Do not talk about the pop. <laughs> so anyway, but they drank it, you know, up in up in Michigan on the farm, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Got five cents for every, right? Three cents for every can return or something. That was so cool. I remember (laughs) going and visiting my dad who lived in Michigan when I was a kid and uh, 
going up there and just finding bottles and taking them back and getting, you know, $5. And this was, you know, in the 80s, in yeah. the early 80s, taking, taking that $5 was good money and I could get a lot a of candy. It still is a thing, I guess. So anyway, natural food colors. Um, yeah, so it's great. They're really important. We don't, in our household, have artificial coloring. We try not to. Not in our food. Right. And so we buy the natural option. And yes, it's way more expensive. But who? no one wants to eat blue number five or yellow number five or well, red or... And how much, you know, besides the food processors and stuff now, I don't see you really dyeing our food. Well, no, I don't dye our food. Yeah. So. And there, are there a lot of people that, I mean, it seems like in the natural food, natural and organic food space, people are going away from dyeing their food to be more more tasty. It's mostly just that kids like to do it and they like to do it for cupcakes and stuff like that. Sure. So. To have the option of a natural food coloring is awesome. It, it really And to have is. more options. There's like one option out there right now. Yeah, and they'll use this in, in industrial food processing as well. Exactly. And it's more than – this avocado is more than just um, – more than just orange. Uh, did you did you say that? Yeah, it's yellow, red, and orange mostly, right? Yeah, yeah. So I guess it's that that part of the spectrum. So, um, and as of right now, they've been used in gummy bears. It says pops. I, I don't know if that means cola or yeah, soda pop or lollipop. Lolly, yeah, right. It just says pop. Maybe it's both. Both. Maybe that is like the term for. Uh, 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 no, it's not. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Baked products, frosting, right? Carbonated like, beverages. So like, I would say pops are carbonated beverages. So they must be talking about lollipops. Yep. And milk, because who who doesn't need their orange milk? Oh, gross! <laughs> it must be like pink milk or something. <laughs> That's disgusting. So, uh, all right, side topic. You know what one of the most fun things to do with food coloring is? This is awesome. If you live in a cold weather environment, fill up, uh, just put a few drops of food coloring in a balloon Mm -hmm. and then fill that balloon up with water and shake it around, shake it, shake it, shake it, make your water balloon, and then go out when it's freezing cold and leave the balloon out overnight. And then the next day when you wake up, you'll have, you know, colored ice orbs. They're so neat. My son and I did that a few years ago, our son. Mm -hmm. uh, And it was, it was so cool. Yeah, they were fun. We're really looking, we're actually really looking forward to doing that again this year. And I have a side note about food coloring as well. Let's hear it. So when I was young and my brother was quite young because he's eight years younger than me and he was probably four so I was probably 12 and we were making my mom a birthday cake just the two of us and we wanted purple frosting so we mixed a lot of it together and we're eating we're made we made the frosting it wasn't out of a tub and then we like put food dye in it and so we're eating it while we're making it and it's you know it's almost like 
dark cement color grayish it didn't really turn out this <laughs> vibrant purple we were going for but anyways both of us were vomiting up purple frosting because <laughs> it was so gross what did you just eat too much frosting or do you think it was the food color? i think we just ate too much frosting but <laughs> but coming it was kind up of fun. purple was mm-hmm. yeah. and so we um Never did that again. And that's probably why I have like a total aversion to food coloring. Yeah. I know. Our son uses food coloring a lot. For potions. Project. And yeah, potions. Yeah. Sand those projects. Damn potions. There's so many of those potions going on. Thanks, uh, Harry Potter. They are very enigmatic. <laughs> they are. All right. So Avacolor. Right? Avocolor. Avocolor. It was funny. They used Pennsylvania State University. I I know what that is, but I rarely see it called Pennsylvania State. Um, I they wonder if this such... article is from England or someplace outside of the United States because... Penn State has some amazing, yeah. like... Food they, science. They are like, the food science program and the startups in our country. The startups yeah. that come out of there from students are phenomenal. Yeah. Like it yeah. You, you know, I wonder if people know fabulous. you know, are there are there teenagers that are looking to go into college saying, you know, I want to be the next food startup guy or gal. Or do you think it's like graduate programs where they get in, they get exposed to some things and then I don't know. I, I've always wondered that because I did not. I mean, there's no way before I was, <laughs> you know, when I was 18 to 26, I would not have thought of food startup stuff or just the importance of food. To, anyway. Right. But it wasn't like prevalent in either of our homes growing up either. So I could see like a lot of kids I know now kind of doing, you know, having that avenue going down that avenue and having heard about it and yeah wanting to do something right yeah i mean and we see some of them at farmers markets and things like that but still right all right moving on to canadian coffee chain plans to partially pivot to cannabis so do you want to talk about the pivot (laughs) you know how i love the word pivot So I just don't love the word pivot because it was so overused. And it was like when I was like working in corporate, you know, every turn, like we're just going to pivot and then we're pivoting and then it was just stupid. But I think in the uh, in the modern (laughs) modern era and and especially when you're talking about, you know, kind of hip companies and everything. Pivot is the is the 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 word that's overused and what they mean to say when they use pivot is hey we completely failed at this so i think we should try this over here. Yeah, so this company is turning coffee chains into weed bars. Yeah, yeah, weed bars. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's kind of funny. It's more, you, it seems more than a pivot. Yeah. Well, that's what I mean. The, the word pivot is is used incor- incorrectly. It's uh, it's almost a malapropism as they use it incorrectly. Yes. <laughs> There's our word two of the day. Yeah, we do love that word. So, but anyway, um, yeah. So they're pivoting, and, and this is this is crazy. So they uh, in this article they talk about oh they've got some they've got some pressure from. 
Starbucks, uh, McDonald's, this is in Canada, and Tim Hortons. Imagine that. A coffee shop has pressure from other coffee shops. Yeah, I mean. What? Yeah, and and Canada (laughs) has Tim Hortons, which is essentially the Starbucks of Canada. Oh, and then they also have Starbucks. Oh, and then they also have McDonald's. So, um, it's like, I would have loved to have been on the, you know, around this table, the guy's like, you know what? This coffee thing's not working out. (laughs) Let's pivot. I think we should (laughs) pivot and start selling Mm. weed. Uh, Right. Well, they already have the shops and the like POS systems and the infrastructure. There's a similar aroma between coffee and weed, you know? Sure. There is. It's a strong one. How about yeah, that? It is. It um, is. But so, I mean, I see how they have the infrastructure. Um, they're going to have to start sourcing from other people. And there's still going to be competition. Right. And what's interesting, you know, so we live in Colorado. And so in Colorado, we've watched the cannabis industry really grow up around us. Well, in every other city, except for the one we live in. Um, right. Cause they don't allow it. They Which don't... I actually like. So yeah, it's, it's, well, <laughs> I, I, I think it's I silly to pass up on all that tax money. True. Yeah. Remember? Yeah. Anyway, but so this company is going to, what is second cup? Is that what they're called? Anyway? Yeah. I think it's yep. called second cup. And they're they're going to to do this. It, it'll be interesting to see. I, I'll be amazed to see if they can convert two hundred and forty uh, coffee shops into weed shops. Now, the we spent I just spent way too long talking about yeah, that because that's yeah. not really what I cared about. One of the reasons I brought this up is because I think we should we should be talking more about hemp and all of the cool things that that there is for him. My grandfather who just died, how old was he? You love telling this. Oh, he was 99. I know he's he was almost a few 100. months away from 100 and we there was going to be a big celebration and then he was just done. He never he wasn't on any prescription medication. Yeah. 99 years old. Nothing. Yeah. He t- he was like, "You know how much uh medicine I take, Nate?" Nothing. Prilosec. <laughs> yeah, he Prilosec takes, OTC. He takes some heartburn medicine every once in a while. Yeah. But no because prescription. Of, because he would eat those wafer oh cookies gosh. with cheese Disgusting. and peanut butter on them. Yes, yeah. Oh. So the strawberry oh. wafer cookies, this is what he ate for lunch. You know, the ones that are Neapolitan. Strawberry, yes. chocolate, no, or but vanilla. He only had the strawberry ones. And he would spread some peanut butter on top. And then the, you know, individually wrapped disgusting cheese slices Ugh. he would you know square up and put on top of the peanut butter and that's what he would eat for lunch <laughs> 99 no medication totally healthy totally like with it yeah and, still uh, driving oh yeah for his 99th birthday he bought himself a new car still driving went to church once or twice a day yeah and um you know, then his heart was just done. 
Well, he was done. And he was done. He was ready. It was funny because he kept saying, I hope I die on a, and I can't remember. Oh, on a what, Wednesday because it's holy Was it Wednesday or, or was it the first oh, Friday of the all month? All you good Catholics but, out there would know. Yeah. So there's, I guess there's a certain day that you got to get into heaven free card day if you die on that day. I think day. it's Wednesday. Oh, is it? Okay. Is it one Wednesday a year? No. Oh, okay. oh, it's like a certain Wednesday of the month, like the first Wednesday of I the month. I think it is. I don't, oh, yeah. I don't think it was Wednesday. I thought it was Friday. First Friday of the month. I don't know. Anyway. Oh, and he died on Wednesday, probably. Anyways, whatever. Anyway. Where so were we? the reason I bring him up, <laughs> besides to talk about his health from Amazing not health. eating great food, is that um, one thing he always wanted was the legalization of hemp. And, you know, he lived in conservative Kentucky, and I, I think, I mean, if he if he could have had a picture of Rush Limbaugh on his wall, he probably would have, which uh, my brother was the one who introduced him to Rush Limbaugh. And if any of you guys met my brother and realized <laughs> that he introduced my grandfather to Rush Limbaugh, you, you would get a nice little chuckle at that. My brother is one of the most left-leaning people I've ever met. But anyway, so... Grandpa always wanted the legalization of hemp. Why? And marijuana in general. He, I don't think he made the distinction. Because there are so many things you can do with it. You can make oil and you can make, you know, rope. And I, I think oh. I've heard that the Constitution was written on hemp yeah. paper. Well, it was like the number one cash crop in the yeah. country. Yeah. Right? And so, and now we're finding out all these medical uses for the oil instead of the fiber. Right. So um, I came across this this article. The Canadian coffee chain plans to partially pivot to cannabis. And while I thought it was going to be way more interesting than it was, but it led me <laughs> into being able to talk about hemp and and the fact that I think we should do uh, I think we should do a really cool podcast on hemp. I agree. The Rocky Mountain Farmers Union at their national convention uh, in 2017, I believe. Yeah, 2017. Yes. Was it 17 or 16? 17. It was 17. They yeah. they had a whole big presentation yeah, that we whole went day to on just him. to kind of find out about it. Yeah. They can talk about it for a day. We can talk about it for an hour. Yes. Right? Totally. Yeah. And, you know, just to full circle the full circle under the circle. Uh, one of the people, one of the experts, or I guess one of the foremost experts is from University of Kentucky, if yep. you remember that. Yeah. So we'll, we'll talk about that. We'll do some, we'll do some hemp chat soon so you guys can learn more. Yeah. Learn it's more fascinating. And, and find a way I to mean, get involved. I mean, you hear stuff, but yeah. There's... Oh, and by the way, hemp doesn't get you high. Just, you, you know, most people know that, but you'd be amazed how many people still don't know that. Hemp doesn't get you high. I think we need bumper stickers. No hemp. Me too. I like hemp, it. no high. All right. So from one company to another company, this company is called Honey, Honey Grow, Honey Grown? Honey Grow. Honey Grow. Honey Grow. So, man. I know. I, I didn't know anything about them. Before I read some articles on them. and Yeah, they're mostly based in, they started in Philadelphia and then they were based like D.C., New York. And the first article I read was, what went wrong at Honeygrow? And so I then had to look up, you know, like some of those words I've been looking up. Well, what is Honeygrow? And you guys, it is, I hope 
I hope that the what went what went wrong at Honeygrow. I hope it's not a harbinger of it's going completely under. I hope that this place somehow rebounds. It does say that they shut down lots of places and stuff like that. But anyway, first before we went go into what went wrong, do you want to talk about what it is? Yeah. So it's a restaurant, but it's more that than that. Sources like micro local. Yeah. Hyper local. Hyper local. And creativity and the way that they do their restaurants is is super it's it's really clean. It looks different. You know, it's it's uh I think there's an open kitchen concept so you can see in to see what's happening. Um and they really encourage people to to kind of come and, and be a part of of their community. Um uh, they, they also use really cool ordering systems. Yeah, they're really tech strong in their in their restaurants. Yeah, and it's uh, I like this, that one of the things, their menu is designed so you can go back multiple times in a day. Um, for anybody out there that goes to McDonald's three times a day, you know, maybe find your, your local honey. Honey grow. <laughs> honey grow. Maybe switch it up a little bit. <laughs> uh, but anyway, it just, it looks really neat. It looks like... They use a hyper-local model combined with some really neat tech for the experience tech. Not, yeah. You know, they don't have robots making the food. Um, but but it just, it looks really cool. It looks like one of the things that we wanted to do at our 29,000 square foot grocery store. Right. Before it became a grocery store. When yeah. we said it's going to be a destination. Um, so I really was drawn to that that type. And of stuff. And there's like, other restaurants like Sweet Green that are similar, and they're doing really well. So, so it's I not think, just hyper local; it's good food, right? You know, yeah. they're not you know hyper. They're not sourcing hyper local high fructose corn syrup. No, <laughs> they're not. <laughs> so. Some of the problems, so this is edible economy. So we we like to talk about some of the goods and the bads and the uglies and of of business and economy. So growing pains is is one of the one of the things that they talked about. And so they grew too quickly. Uh, and you know, yeah, you- and they grew out of their home market without like into Chicago where no one knew who they were and they didn't have a big enough marketing budget or plan to get their name out there. So no one, no one knows them. Didn't realize like that, how amazing of a restaurant they were and their story and stuff like that. Yeah. And then once they grew out of their home market, it was hard to find the locally sourced food. And I think that was, this article talks a little bit about the problems that they they face, but I just, I mean, every locale you go to when you're trying to source all of your local this, that, or the other, I mean, it is a whole different world every each and every place you go. And if you don't believe me, ask Whole Foods. Ask yeah. Amazon and Whole Foods how their local sourcing is going. Because it's, I mean, it's different from from city to city with cities that are 20 miles apart from each other. And, you know, it's all about the relationships. But anyway, before we get to there, 
they grew too fast. They did. And there's... Because uh, they got lots of funding. Because they got lots of funding. And so this is one of the problems with funding. And they were you trying get to get money. The returns. Well, and, and not only that, but you, you get money and you try to be everything to the people who give you money. Oh, you know, Nate, Kim, I really love this idea that you guys are coming up with. But uh, what I think you should do is this, and I'm willing to give you some money for that. Oh, okay, we'll do that so we can at least get some funding to get going. Oh, well, you know, this $5 million wasn't enough. We need to go get, you know, another $10 million. So we talked to, you know, group number two. Oh, this is really neat what you did for this first $5 million, But what you really need to do is this. Oh, we can do that. That's great. And by the time you've taken the money... You're growing and you're doing things that you, you know, are going away from your core value. And I think that's what happened here. I think they were adding too many stuff. And then. And then they added a whole new brand called Mini Grow. Right. And there were people that didn't even know what Honey Grow was. And then there was a Mini Grow. And And that's because Whole Foods has their mini version of themselves. And everybody, what's the store that everybody wants to be like in the miniature version? Oh, come on. Trader Joe's. Oh. Trader Joe's. Everybody wants to. I I just couldn't think of the name of it. But, you know, doing your own white label branding and everything like that. Oh, yeah, your own private labeling. But yeah, private labeling. But anyway, so this is a really neat, I, I mean. But they don't source local. Trader Joe's. No, I, okay. they source don't, China. Don't let anyone think that. Yeah, yeah. Trader Joe's is, is from the Silk Road in China. So, <laughs> but anyway, that's where they're traders from. Um, but anyway, check out. Check out this this honey grow. Uh, if you've got if you've got the initiative, do something like this here, but just don't grow too big. Do do it everywhere. Do have somebody do it everywhere. But man, I, I just I wish we had more restaurants. We have a friend who owns uh, who owns multiple uh, Jimmy Johns. Yes, and you know they do they do really really well. Um, but I, I think after a while, you look at this whole model and say, well, it's great, but it's essentially I'm just running a machine, a machine that needs to be fed with all these things all the time, uh, you know, with all these input costs and inputs and whatever. Um, and they want to get involved and we want a fast casual, which I like that term. They, they won't call themselves fast food, sure. um, but a fast casual that actually has good food. So can somebody please start that? Well, but I think you, then you go back to like the very beginning of why our food system is so horrible because you can't have this national chain and still source local. It's so hard now. You used to be able to do it 40 years ago. Everything, yeah. you know, you bought from your local and you started from scratch and you made fresh food, but no one does that anymore. I'm not sure why kitchen co- employee costs takes too much time, but you know, you're saying no one at the restaurant level, no one at the restaurant level. Yeah. Like can figure that out on a scale. I mean, I don't even think you, you shouldn't like, what? it should just be a local restaurant. You don't need to, you know, be a chain of 15 stores in your metro area. Right. You don't need to grow and keep supporting your farmers and the farmers that you buy from. And Right. It doesn't yeah. need to be this national chain. We don't need the. We don't need national chains. For everything. 
We don't. I know. It's the... But we also have Amazon now. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe Amazon Local will help solve this riddle. And they can get from one farmer to the next, right? Anyway, it's enough on Honey Grow. They're pretty cool. You should, you should check them out <laughs> while they're still around. <laughs> so we have started this show on a little bit of a negative note, talking about... A coffee shop going to weed and Honey Grow not making it. Um, should we talk about something a little bit more uplifting? Well, we were talking about tech. Honey Grow is really tech strong. Yeah, and that's really cool. I, I really liked that part of them. Um, so here's here's a cool article. Uh, I can't even read the article's title because I don't want to stay on this negative uh, this negative role, but anyway, it's about how robots are have the robots, not just technology, but specifically robots may change the farming world. And so, uh, this one, did you did you get a hold of this one? Yeah, it's it's pretty neat. So they it's have all these really uh, the small robot company. Uh, found that many farmers wanted to change their methods but didn't have the money or technical know-how. So uh, they created these robots that are they weigh a lot less, which is great for soil compaction, um, and they made the parts very interchangeable. That's, that's super European of them to make these tractors with these interchangeable parts. What's yes. the one that we're getting out at the farm in Brighton? Oh, gosh. I know I can. I can't remember. It's an Italian tractor, something. It's for the vets. The vets are, the veterans to farmers are buying uh, uh, an Italian tractor that has all of these different implements that you. I think it's like BTS or something like that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, so this looks something like that, but um, but it, it works in conjunction with other other robots and other flying machines. That can then assess the health of not just what one plant is, but all of the various plants and say, well, you know, you've got some weeds in this area of your field, but they're not really doing anything. So just leave them. Do you, so uh, on a side note, your uncle. Yes. Did you, did you hear him tell the story about the lightning weeder? So Vaguely. No, you would, yeah, you it would jump right out if yeah. you did. So we got to put the, uh, the video of the lightning weeder out. So what it is, is it's this weed, <laughs> this, this weed machine that spits out a bolt of lightning, but it has, you know, it's 15, 20 feet, a boom that's 15 or 20 feet wide. And so it has multiple places where it just shoots out bolts of lightning at 20,000 volts. Really? And, yeah, and just and it just into the ground onto the specific weeds. Oh, it just finds weeds and zaps them. Yeah, and just kills the weeds. Isn't that cool? Yeah. So I that I can't wait to see that, and so it's really good for organic farming. Yes, of course. You know, you don't you, you don't have to use chemical, and you can actually kill them, and you just drive it behind your tractor. So anyway, back to the robot. So. I think this is going to be pretty neat, and it's it's amazing to think, you know, um, I can't remember if this was if this was where I read the one of the quotes I've read is that you know, a lot of times people will say that technology won't be ready 
or won't be accepted for 10 years. But by the time it's accepted in 10 years, we're 20 years ahead of where we thought we were going to be with yes. that technology. Right. And then it's used for 35 other things. So it'll be interesting to see how robots come out in the farm. And so I think a lot of people have this, this thought that, well, if you live in a rural area, you're, you know, it's behind the times and, you know, they're not technologically advanced out. And it's just, it's so, it's just wrong. I mean, the the drone, use of drones out in rural areas, I mean, they're used way more in your, or, or for anything besides pleasure yes. are used in rural areas. And then uh, the first automated vehicles, you know, we have these self-driving cars and stuff that are killing humans and things like that in the, you know, on our, yeah. on our streets. Yeah. But they've had self-driving tractors. You know, we've been hearing these stories yeah. for five or six years. Yeah. You know, where you get in, you click on Netflix and then you just, you're in there and then it drives you around for hours and you're there just in case. Just in case. <laughs> well, and what I want to add is these like robots are tractors or sprayers or seed planters and they're smaller. So these are going to be for people that are growing food, not commodities. You're, you know, so don't, don't mix this up with the picture of this giant wheat field with this huge tractor and this like, yeah. Uh, what do they call those big things? The boom, the giant booms behind them cutting wheat. I mean, that's still happening. That's not what these little, um, these little robots, robots are for. Yeah. The robots They're are for, for 20 or 30 food. acre farms yeah. that actually grow food. Right. It'll be really neat to see how this, how it's this so happens. cool. Uh, all right. So motivation time. Last article of the day. <laughs> Lazy Americans weigh haha on healthcare system costing hundreds of billions. So get out there and be active is is essentially what they could have just summed up this article with. Um I'm not even going to link to this article. I'm just going to tell you about it. But it turns out that being Inactive isn't just bad for your health. It's bad for the entire economy and for the whole uh, healthcare system. $117 billion Billion a year (laughs) because of laziness. (laughs) You know, usually it's, uh, it's lost productivity or something, but this laziness is making people sicker. And some of the, some of the percentages here are 26% uh okay so only 20% total of men's currently meet government standards uh recommendations for exercise now i can't imagine that those are too terribly demanding or high the right government standards <laughs> the government okay standards, right. so the fact that only one in 5 americans is meeting them is um lame at best you know i've got some farm uh i got some farm activities that i could i get to help people yeah, be we less can lazy help with. anyone we're here for you so uh but they're correlating laziness with obesity well what so, do you mean by that well i mean i could say i'm lazy i mean if you so they're not saying you have to go work out every day i don't work out every day i don't right. go and like 
do yoga for an hour, go run for an hour. Like I don't make sure I do that for a half hour or an hour every day. So I could be considered lazy, but they're actually saying obesity. Okay. So, well, they, they do use the term lazy they, Americans. They do. They do. But in the article, then it's, it's actually the, if the, if you're obese. Oh, okay. Gotcha. I don't want people to think, well, I work all day and then I come home, you know, and then I pick my kids up and then I come home and cook dinner and then I help my kids with their homework and then I put them to bed and then you want me to go work out? Like, that person's not lazy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so, but they might be obese. And they might be lazy. Because they shouldn't have gone to McDonald's for breakfast and lunch. Right. And then picked it up on the way home from dinner. Because they were too lazy to cook. Another supper from sack. <laughs> so anyway... um, yeah, so I, I don't know. Eat better, be more active, walk further, use the stairs, I do something. Uh, but but a, help out with yeah. $117 billion that is essentially, it's a, it's a tax on the healthcare system. So that's crazy, huh? Yeah. I mean, that's crazy. Anyway, I don't know. I don't know the solutions. Just thought I'd point it out to you. That's more than the whole farm bill. No, it's not, is it? The farm bill was eighty billion. Oh my god! For five years. Yeah, and this is a hundred and seventeen billion dollar each year. A year, yes. So the farm bill, everyone, which includes Medicaid and Medicare, right? I no, it just includes SNAP. Yeah, SNAP. Yeah. So it's just we could help food that. for thought. Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> All right, so this was our second go around with the uh with with just talking about different local food or food topics or food in the news, news in the food, health um, and economy. Yeah, what do you what do you you know, what do you guys think? Let us know. Let us know if this is if this is what you're liking. We are gonna again. We will be having guests on the show. Uh, they're coming. For those of you that are waiting with bated breath, they're coming very soon. <laughs> Don't you worry. <laughs> yeah. So check out the show notes and links to all these articles and other articles at edibleeconomy.com, where you can also listen to the podcast or get the podcast however you normally listen to podcasts and thanks kate for being here and it's always great to have you kate <laughs> truth and legend kate. truth and legend productions <laughs> all right thanks for tuning in we will talk to you soon subscribe oh, yes yeah, subscribe, yeah, subscribe and rate yes please podcast, subscribe please. please share please rate all that fun stuff all right we will thanks. talk again soon